Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we look at this market, saw a little bit of negativity taking place in the trade. Uh, back half of the corn obviously saw some lower numbers. Wheat has been a struggle as well. Uh, flip the page, click in the mouse, and actually seeing, for the most part, some positivity happening on the livestock side of the trade. But having said all that, we have those USDA reports of last week, and the market still continues to talk about it. As Aaron Bertels joins us, he is with Crossroads Marketing. I think, Aaron, that's where we need to start. You and I, before we even started recording the Fontenelle Final Bell, we're really talking about some of the reactions over the past couple of days from last week's info, and it just continues to kind of be a Groundhog Day repeat of itself. Yeah, it does. You know, that report last week as we talked was a huge game changer in my mind. I mean, you you had a story there for a while where you could have a decent amount of acres, you could have had a good yield, you could have carryouts that are at least, you know, uh, put us in a place that makes us feel a little bit more comfortable than, than maybe the market does today. And, and now you've really just changed that story and, and, and made that, you know, somewhat impossible. You have to have some really impressive yields now and it really just leaves no uh when it comes to weather and you know those types of things um, for us to be able to have carryouts that make any sense at all so you've really just put the market in a situation where uh, we've got to have the weather cooperate and we've got to get these yields up to a place that we haven't seen for a while uh, like i said in order to feel any comfort so having said that you talk about no room for error within this market trade how much pressure is that going to put? Because planters, at least for the most part, aren't yet ready to roll here. Yeah, and I don't even know. I mean, those are the big things right now, right? It's going to be Brazil weather. It's going to be exports moving forward. It's going to be our weather and then planting pace as we go forward here over the next few months. And planting pace here, I don't know that it can really be that bearish simply because of what they just told us in this acreage report. Um we just don't have enough acres. So whether you get them in quickly or not, I'm not sure. I mean, of course, you know, that makes it a little bit better to think that we'll then have a decent yield, but it's still just not enough. So maybe that puts us in a, a place where we would expect that we could get more acres in the ground, and that's fine. But history would tell us that that's not something that we really see that often either as you go into the June 30th report. We don't see acres increase that much. Uh, maybe a million, a million and a half, but spread between corn and beans, that really doesn't change the situation all that much. So uh, you can see a lot of le- a lot less acres in that June 30th report because of prevent plant or uh, you know those things that happen if we don't have a good planting season. So I don't know how bearish planting pace can be. And then you obviously have things like uh, our weather and what happens after that, or or what if planting pace doesn't go well um, and we have these few of acres that we're starting with. So you just put a lot more pressure on that time frame and a time frame that's typically bearish, right? I mean, this report that we just had is typically bearish. It, they usually don't start us off in a place where we really are starting off with a, a chance of a little success. Uh, they usually start us off in a, a reasonable, you know, somewhat bearish position, and then we work from there. And that's just not the way this thing has started now. You know, and I find it interesting, and maybe I missed the boat somewhere along the way, but there hasn't been a lot of over-questioning of these numbers that USDA talked about last week. It's been more about what, like you said, you know, is putting the pressure on, and and this next upcoming report from USDA, I'm sure will just add to that pressure. Yeah, yeah, and I think there has been some questioning. I think it's, you know, they get these numbers from surveys, and, and they take what they get, and they 
they give us those numbers and then you, you know, the next report obviously is generated a little bit more detailed as far as insurance uh, numbers and things like that. But uh, they are what they are. I think you can only question them so much. This is what we get. And so we get to the next report. And I do think it puts more pressure on this June 30th report as a, you know, it's a big event anyway, but it makes it a bigger event just because of how much lower these acres were than people expected. Uh, but like I said, if you're going to go off of history, it just doesn't change that much to the upside when you move into that report. So I'm sure people are looking at that and they have to take this for what it is. I mean, we, we do that every year. I mean, last year, these acre numbers really by the end of the year meant nothing, uh, but it's not the end of the year yet. And we already knew that we need to grow a good crop, even if we had acres that were higher than what we're dealing with now. And, and now that we're in this position, we really know the pressure's on. So can we say there's a little bit of excitement that we're back to the, the weekly crop progress reports coming from NAS? And I know Kansas showed 2% of the corn in the ground, uh, pretty quiet for everybody else, but at least there's a glimmer of hope with some information? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's fun to get back into this time of the year, right, where you know we're, we're getting more into things that that we determine somewhat of the market action instead of, you know, looking uh, to South America and, and what's going on down there and other places in the world. So it's fun to get to that point. I don't take a lot into, uh, you know, crop progress is obviously one number, crop condition ratings and those kind of things that will come up. Uh, we've seen those all over the place, and I, I try not to pay, you know, too close attention to those and determine too many decisions based off of them. But it's fun to get back into the space where we're the ones kind of determining the action. Did you see any uh, any excitement in, in those numbers from yesterday, even though they were pretty limited and came out an hour late? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, we're about on the five-year average with everything. Um, we had a big range as far as guesses and ended up right kind of where the trade expected it to be as far as uh, good to excellent ratings. So nothing real exciting. Um, I think that you'll see that get paid more close attention to once we start moving up further into the Midwest and see some of those states uh, get going. I know we're very anxious to see those information. Uh, Weather-wise, real quick, before we, we head to break, you guys are getting um, adverse weather. We know that there's adverse weather, but the need for rain, I think, will just add to that little frosting on the cake for our markets. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you're getting some rains in places that needed them. Um, it looks like you're going to get some more. Uh, the moisture obviously will help in a lot of places more than it will hinder anything from a planting pace standpoint. So uh, I think it's putting us into a lot better position to – to, you know, we're starting off in a better way than we thought we might a month ago. All right, more is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue the conversation with Aaron Bertels. Aaron is with Crossroads Marketing. So we left off talking a little bit about weather. So we have to talk a little bit about South America and their weather. Uh, things are definitely getting interesting, Aaron, when it comes to that corn crop. Yeah, anyway, right? That's been the big topic of conversation. Um, you've already had the expectations for the size of that lowered pretty drastically, you know, three to four million metric tons from what they initially expected just because it's late. Uh, they've gotten some rains here lately, so I don't think uh, it's been quite as bad as they originally expected, but we got a long way to go down there. Uh, the combination of those two crops, the first crop corn and second crop, still are at a record amount so you'd have to see some 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 more or additional cuts um, but that's going to be really closely watched i mean that's something that has, has kept us in the market position that we're at today 
because of how late things went there. Uh, it's it's wrapped up now as far as planting goes, or, or mostly wrapped up, and soybeans are about 75% harvested at this point. So you're well on your way there, but now we got to grow it down there, and, and that's going to be something that's, uh, that's going to be closely watched and monitored. Have you heard a lot about numbers at this point for, for the soybean harvest? You know, I've seen mostly larger numbers coming out. So quality is, is obviously a question um, because of how wet things went, but you've seen most people increasing the size of that crop as, as they've gotten further through harvest. Head over now to the, the livestock side. I like the comment that you made uh, during the commercial break about the cattle. Are they ready to make a breakout in this trade? It looks like it to me. You look at some of the longer term charts and you've had some trend lines that have been holding for a long time. You're talking back to like 2017. Uh, you've gotten above some of those levels today. Uh, you know, you can have false breakouts. You can retest those trend lines. Um, but this is pretty long term stuff that you're looking to break out of. And with the expectations that I've seen for cash trade this week, uh, for, you know, what box beef are doing, um, for what feeder cattle as well are doing, you know, I think this looks like a market that that wants to move. So I keep an eye on that. You know, you can, like I said, get some retests of those and these are longer term charts. So that can go on for a little while, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks um, to where you maybe don't do a whole lot. But uh, it won't surprise me at all if this gets a little bit more explosive and we're up in the, the 130 area or, or low 130s. Uh, sometime here in the near future. You got to love the fact that we're seeing some higher cash, and, and that's at least a little bit of positive news, a nugget, shall we say, for these cattle producers. Yeah, it took forever, right? I mean, it's it's one of these situations where we just haven't seen June lead April like this, which is predominantly because of what the cash was doing. Um, it just wasn't going anywhere. And so you finally started to see uh, that change a little bit. And uh, you know, if you were patient, you're reaping some of those benefits, but it was a difficult time to do that. And it's it's a good situation. You've got you're coming back in are, are starting to open back up. You're getting more people vaccinated. People have money um, from the stimulus package uh, demand. Prices are already at decent levels. But with all those things combined, uh, you should look at things really improving as we go into spring and summertime, start getting better grill, grilling weather. So I think the situation and everything's really lined up for this thing to, to make a move. So having said that, what are you hearing when it comes to meat movement, not only across the counters, but across those restaurant tables as more bans get lifted across the country? I haven't seen any specific numbers. I just thinking in big picture terms that, you know, we've been shut in for so long now. And, you know, a lot of these places, especially where the population centers are, have been shut in for so long and maybe for a little while longer. But there's not going to be a lot of excuses left once we get the majority of this population vaccinated. And they keep moving those timelines up. You know, I know here in South Dakota, anybody over the age of 16 now is eligible. That's a month earlier than it was supposed to be. I know they talked about um the administration talked about April 16th being a time when everybody should be available to be vaccinated at that point. So just all these timelines moving up in the speed at which we've been able to do this, uh, they're going to run out of reasons for people to not be able to go out and do the things that they want to do. And people are going to want to do it and they've got some money to do it with. Is the struggle going to be there for the hogs, even though we saw a, a glimpse of positive in today's trade? Yeah, it's going to be tough just because of where they've already gone. 
you know, the thing that will be closely watched is ASF and everything that's going on with that. Nobody's got a real good handle on what those numbers actually are. You hear anything from 20 to 30 percent. Uh, I saw StoneX came out with some numbers that soy meal use is down about 25 percent indication at all as to, you know, what's happened to the size of the hog herd again. And, you know, from a grain standpoint with that, it might be a bigger impact as you get into next year just because of all the situation we already have with having short crops. But for hogs in general, that's probably going to be the biggest determining factor. It's just we're already at such a high level now. Um, you know, can they make another move? Sounds good, Aaron. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? I can give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abertles at crossroadsml.com. All right. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.